kind of strange. We normally preach a Mother's Day message and the Father's Day. We preach a Father's Day message. Uh, we just we didn't do it for Mother's Day, so we're not going to do it for Father's Day either. Uh, we just honor you, bless you any way we can, uh, recognize that you are a dad, uh, and uh, you know just move on with the with whatever we feel like God has for us to say. Actually, I pulled one back that I didn't get to preach here a while back. And uh, just at least you give you a touch. This all right? We just go ahead and do something like this. Everybody, and our guests, thank you all. David, good to meet you. Man, great place to meet right in the altar. Introduced myself right down here, and we prayed for him, and he got blessed. And I could tell he's very familiar with Holy Ghost apostolic services. Came right on down to the altar. Listen, listen, this is where you get to now. No, no no negative stuff toward you that stay in the back or maybe just a little uncomfortable. But let me just tell you again, when the, when the spirit gets to moving, the fire gets to falling, folks get to praying out loud, folks get to praying in the spirit. This, this is, if you struggle with anything, and I know we all do, this is where you get to. You got family problems. You can't get along with your husband. He won't behave himself. I don't want to be like the... We don't want to be like the guy. If anything, is that my wife read me something off Facebook the other day. You know, the, the wife said, I don't know if it was a special day, if it was Mother Day or what. She said, I want you to take me to one of those places where they cook the food out where you can see it. He took her to Subway. And, and that's, when it, that's when it started. <laughs> I can hear him now. Well, that's what you said. And that's, and that's what I did. You know, I can, I can see that, you know. So that's how the enemy works on us, you know. And so, uh, so, so so we need God's help with that. I mean, we can start it or they can, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who starts it. I, I, I tell the story, and Sister Donna will remember this jillions of times. When I was a kid, my dad wouldn't put up with fussing and arguing. He'd just line us up and slap us all good and get the belt out. and we, You know, but, but they, but they stop. let me explain it. No, no, I don't want to hear it. I mean, just, you know. Take your medicine. And that's how he dealt with it. Because we all have an excuse. We all have a reason that we weren't guilty. We, we're innocent, you know. And so that's how it would be. Uh-uh, no, you hush too. He wouldn't listen to all the fuss. He just wanted some silence. <laughs> and so uh, he was the higher power. He was the authority. And we all knew it. All right. And so praise God. Well, bless you. Amen. And Behave yourself and don't take your wife to Subway today, all right? Maybe she won't take you there, all right? Praise God. Proverbs 29 and 18, a scripture that we've all probably overused at times, uh, but, but I think it's needed again because I think it's very, very important. If we move forward from here, if we move forward. Listen, I'm not content just to pray through and talk in tongues a little bit. I'm not. That, that is the beginning. Didn't the scripture say something about let's move on from, all right, those things? It doesn't mean quit doing them. It means to proceed from that, okay, baptisms and, 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 and all of these things. that we It's foundational stuff. And so, so you, you get close to this and you do this again, but you move on from that. Listen, there's victories for this church and there's victories for individuals. All right, we're in battles right now. Individually, we're in battles. We're fighting. God promises us that He will help us. Amen. He He promised us power. He 
promised us authority over every evil, ugly thing that hinders us, all right? So, so this is where you receive that. This is where you come fill your tank up again. Or, or, or let me just prophesy. This, is, this seems bad, no, but this is the truth, okay? That you will not make it if you get very far from the altar, if you get very far from the church, the praying folks, the shouting people, the tongue talkers, all right? You won't make it, all right? Because the, the power of this world is too strong for, for an individual person. I can't make it, you can't make it. What do you do? So you come back to church. You come back hungry, all right? See, the world, even Christianity, makes this an event. It's, just, it's not an event. Getting sa- being saved is not an event. Oh, and we all remember the first time God filled us with the Holy Ghost. We remember that. That's okay. To the, but don't take that as an event. That's your starting point. All right? We grow into this. And how do you do that? You keep renewing yourself. You keep coming back. And you get refilled and you get blessed. That's, that's the little secret that every Christian ought to learn. Oh, I was saved back in 1955. No. No, you started out in the race back in 1955 or whenever it was. All right? And, but, but we're not there yet, all right? Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs 29 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Hallelujah. We all know what the word perish means, but, but let, me just, let me just tell you what the old trusty thesaurus says, okay? Perish means to cease to exist, <laughs> disappear, vanish, dissolve. Without no vision, you will evaporate. You will be no more. Now, that's pretty strong preaching right there if you just don't just skim over it, if you stop and look at it. If I don't have a dream, if I don't get a hold of a vision, what that means is a vision from God. If you don't have a vision, pray and ask God to give you a vision. There's talent all over this place. There's ability all over this place. People can be professionals at whatever God wants them to do. Amen. If we pray for God to tell us, amen, give me a vision. Hallelujah. Because if I don't have a vision, I perish. I cease to be. Hallelujah. Look around at somebody, smile at them. Amen. Say the preacher's about to preach. Hallelujah. That means somebody else around here. (laughs) Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. When, when the New Testament was founded, okay, and of course we know in the Pentecostal apostolic movement, amen, where it was founded, in the book of Acts in Jerusalem, amen, when it when it's began, amen, you know, it was, it was uh, in that upper room, but it was one in doctrine, okay, it was one in spirit. They were unified. They were together. Amen. They were bonded with a common cause. Amen. Now they had the truth now. Jesus had sent them to that upper room. Amen. Go there and wait or tarry until you be endued with power. If there was ever a time that the church needs power, it is now. They needed it then. Okay. Amen. But we also need it now. Hallelujah. Amen. The enemy worked hard. Amen. When, when just even as he does today. Amen. Amen. At, at fragmenting unity. And that's all you have to do. You know, Brother Taclamarian said the great Ethiopian revivals. People thought, oh, he's super spiritual and he's, and, you know, he's just got something he just really. No, no, no. No, he said it's unity 
that creates that. In fact, he even got to the point, he said, we don't pray for revival. We don't. In fact, Billy Cole has known when they said, we got to get together and pray. They're on the platform. They're ready to, or maybe the night before, and they're in the hotel room about one of the, in one of those big crusades. And he's known to say, no, I'm, no, y'all go ahead, and I'm not praying. Why do we need to pray and ask God to do what he wants to do anyway? Why do we need it? In other words, he said, if you hadn't prayed by now in all these weeks and months leading up to this, it's not going to do much good if we all hunker down and begin to beg God to do something that he already desires and has already promised to do. So he wouldn't pray with them. Is that, is, is that error? Is that far out? It's pretty far out, isn't it, for one of our apostolic preachers because you always want to pray. All right. It depends on what kind of prayer you're going to pray. You could pray a Thanksgiving prayer, and I'll pray that with you. But for us to have to beg God again, and we call it prayer, but it's begging God to do things and to see things our way. <laughs> That's normally what it's about. So he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't pray. So unity is what we need, and unity is what that first church had. Amen. And so that, that unity is something that the enemy hates, and he's trying to bring division, and he, he, he's introducing false doctrine. Amen. And, you, of course, you know, Satan is the author. Amen of division. He works at causing schisms, little things, little foxes in the body of Christ, little variants. Oh yeah, I don't see it quite that way. Uh, you know, and, and he'll pick certain people, people with leadership authority and ability to use through, okay, to just kind of get you off target and off track just a little bit. Listen, God desires for us to unify. God desires for us to agree. You know, there's some things like, I just can't agree. I can't. You know, listen, we skip over a lot of things and find something that we can agree on. That's where you start. But we can get in a habit of disagreeing because I'm superior in the word of the Lord. I've been in this thing 40, almost 50 years now. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just going to come back with you. But, but it's not who wins the argument. It's who, gets, who figures out a way for us to get together because, you know, how can two walk together unless they agree? And so agreement and unity is what was needed in the first church and it's what's needed today in the church today. Hallelujah. So the enemy is on the job. He's working against us. Amen. And so we have to remember that the original church in Jerusalem, amen, they began without a building. You know? It exploded in that upper room. It was a rented upper room. We know about that, being in home missions. Hallelujah. About 120, the Bible says. I like how the scripture says that. They didn't, nobody got an exact count, but, but it said about 120 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Spirit-filled folks. They spoke in tongues of fire, which were accompanied by, the Bible said, the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Hallelujah. Amen. This is how the first New Testament church began. That's why that we don't go to the book of John and, and read John 3.16 when somebody's ready to be saved. Y'all know I get a little controversial. I do it on purpose. All right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on that's it, that's, the, that's not it. That, that, that's part of the scripture and we ought to believe, all right, that. But that's not the starting point. You get that faith in there. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hallelujah. But they started in the book of Acts, chapter number two. 
in a rented upper room, did not have their own facility, all right? This is how it all started. This is where it all started. 3,000 were added to the church the same day. Even a bunch of those mockers and all those people who thought they were drunk. And then I imagine some of those who were even amazed and in doubt and said, what meaneth this? They figured out what it was after a while, if their heart was right, and they were probably among that 3,000 people who received the Holy Ghost that same day day, hallelujah, amen, added to the church that day, and 5,000 were added, amen, after that, and to, I mean, you could not keep up with the numbers, the apostolic church continued to grow at a fast rate, amen, they expected growth and revival, and they believed for it, and guess what, it happened, hallelujah, the, the enemy does not want us to get our focus on revival, amen, and listen, if we have revival, if we have sleepy people waking up, if we have stirred people stir, disturbed about this or that, if we could get them through that and over that, that's what revival is, all right? If we could get spiritually anemic sick people well, amen, and praising and shouting, then guess what? Revival just happens. It's the byproduct, amen, amen, of just getting things right. That's part of revival. And then they begin to be added to the church. That's when folks walk in and say, whoa, I've been looking for this. And guess what? You know, it's a, it, it, we Pentecostals have been here a while. Uh, you know, we, we have to get used to people who don't look Pentecostal. And, 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 and if I go to a place, and this is, kind of, this is kind of preacher, Pentecostal preacher talk, apostolic talk. We go to a place who, where everybody looks the part, then I think there's a problem there. Hallelujah. You need folks around that don't look like us. And you got to give God time to change them. Somebody's been doing some outreach. Somebody's been inviting folks to church. Somebody's been telling folks about Jesus. So they come like they are. That's fine. And we want it to be that way. I've been to places where you, I'm scared to breathe. I wasn't sure I looked just like they look. Listen, let's fix it. I, I came... I came from a from a strong, strong Bible Belt church. Listen, the Baptists and the Methodists, they had standards. And then the apostolics even went further than that. Let me just throw out just a little bit. I remember when you, you, you couldn't, you know, the Bible talked about gold and costly array when he was talking about dress codes. Some of you folks who think that you're conservative, if I could just, if there's a way I could just drop you down in one of those old-time apostolic Pentecostal churches, Brother Green knows a little about this. You'd be the most liberal person there. You'd be the most ungodly person in the building. I'm talking about, and they didn't just teach it, they preached it. Sometimes they wrote, uh, you know, up on the wall, they had, a, they had it posted what you could wear and what you couldn't wear to church. You could not come in the house of God and in the sanctuary. All right? If you was dressed as a, I remember when open toe shoes, no, much less sandals. You, you, women could not wear open-toed shoes. You couldn't wear a red pair of shoes because it referred it was it's what harlots wore. Couldn't do that. Okay, uh, I remember when they couldn't you couldn't wear seams in your in ladies couldn't and mostly it was about ladies. You couldn't wear seams in your hose and your stockings. And then there was people who said you couldn't wear stockings without a seam in them. In those fishnet kind of stockings, you couldn't dare wear that because that looked like a harlot. That was their attire. Anything that even resembled, and no gold. I know I have a friend of mine to this day, he won't wear a gold belt buckle. I don't have a gold one on, do I? I think I got a silver one. See, it just kind of stuck. 
a gold watch band, you're going straight to hell. In fact, he had a pair of nice shoes at a fellowship meeting, and they had gold buckles on the side of them. And I remember he walked up to the guy that preached them. Y'all, Brother Kenneth Fatton, y'all know him. He's very demonstrative. He's a good man. He loves God. And he, and he stooped down, and I think he borrowed the guy's pocket knife. And he stooped down, he cut those buckles off of those, those nice shoes. They become ugly shoes after that. But he didn't care. He wanted to be obedient and submitted to the word of the Lord. So everything you can possibly name, any kind of glittery something on your clothes, no kind of rings, nothing, none of that. You know, you couldn't wear it because it was gold and costly array. Hallelujah. How'd that get off on this? Amen. <laughs> unity and vision. Hallelujah. But, but, but you talk about disunity. Now, if you, if, if you have convictions about certain things and you understand the scripture a certain way, listen, some of that's the most dangerous thing. Now, I believe in modest apparel. Okay, we call it holiness standards. Okay, but it's really not holiness standards. Holiness is in the heart. Okay, but but dress codes are modesty codes. Okay, and so you had to be modest. Couldn't wear man's apparel. Women could not. Very clear that in the scripture. But but why would I make an issue? Let's think with me just a minute. Why would I make an issue about any of that if there's a hungry heart? that does not know God, never had an experience with God. All of that all of that matters. All of that has some merit. Hallelujah. I hear you. Hallelujah. That's, I'm, not, I'm not trash talking all of that. It's okay. If we don't have convictions, we ought to get some. But we ought to prioritize what we ought to do and what we ought to leave alone. We need to leave God something to do with that person and, you know, and not put our hand on it. Listen, let's just keep having a move of the Holy Ghost. Let's just keep praying the Spirit down in this place or praying it up. Let's keep believing God. Sure, there'll come a time to teach and talk on some of those issues and stuff. But, but listen, when a person needs God, the Bible said the Spirit, I think I already quoted it today, the Spirit will lead and guide us into all truth. Hallelujah. If we'd just shut up and let God work, God would work a lot of that out. And we could go on and have a revival. We could fill this place up and remodel it and fill it up again. Then we'd have to go to multiple services while we're waiting on buying that property and build our bigger sanctuary. I'm talking about vision. I'm talking about seeing things happen. But see, we want to perfect the church right here, right now. We want everybody to be perfect like us or like me, see. My wife said, yeah, right. <laughs> See, she knows. She knows the truth, and your wife knows the truth too. What would do? What would? What would cause us to focus on ourselves, on people around us? They're not dressed right. They don't act right. They don't pray right. They, you know, they take wine for grape juice. They wear a hat. They don't wear a hat. You know, it, you know. It's just why would we do that when there's a heart hungry for God? I'm telling you right now, listen, I love every homosexual. Do you agree with that? I could preach a long sermon about that against that, okay? But that's not the time to do it right now. If they walk in here, you know, real feminine, and you know how they do and how they are, we can always look at them like, mm, they got sugar in their tank. We can always come up with something. He need to, you know, he need to get put a, 
couple of bricks in his back pockets. Amen. Teach him how to walk right. We, we can all do that because we all see it, but that doesn't mean we have to mess with it. Here's what we do. We do what we do. We lay our hands on folks and release the presence and the power of God. And you too. You too. Let God do something here. Let God bless them. Let God heal them. Let God deliver them. You see, he can do what we can. None of us can do that. He can do it though. And let me tell you, it's not just ministry, folks. These signs shall follow the believer. In my name they shall cast out devils. Not, not preachers, not bishops, not elders. No, no, no. The believer, that means you. Hallelujah. I've seen folks just pray through to the Holy Ghost. Just pray, just got it. And the Spirit begins to work through them. And they just say it and it happens. They just touch people and people start feeling things that they never felt before. They just speak and, and, and things begin to take place. That's God demonstrating his power through this old sinful nature body that we live in. Yeah, God will do it anyway. Hallelujah. And bless folks anyway. But we have to get our focus on the thing that has value to it. That God, listen, if God loves a homosexual, why should I not love them? Black folks, white folks, I love every one of them, brown folks. Those who don't know what color they are, I love them too. Why? Because Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them. God loves them. Hallelujah. Straight people, gay people, you name it. It doesn't matter. Amen. That's who God died for. Not a bunch of Pharisee hypocrites that claim they have it all together. My dad used to make a statement many years ago. That guy that says he's all together, he got it all together. You're going to watch him because he'll lie about something else. The older I get and the longer I live, the more I understand that and the more I believe that is true. Hallelujah. Look at us. Look how important we are. Look how holy we are. You hypocrite. Amen. You the one need to be in this altar. Need to let all of us come around and pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But that 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 church, that beginning church, the apostolics, amen, they expected growth and they believed for growth. But they had to get their focus off of a lot of little things. All right? Hallelujah. Because this was the very fiber of their being. Amen. It dominated their thinking and their actions. Amen. I believe in many cases today, I believe that we have limited God and we've actually tied his hands. I'm preaching to the I'm preaching to the choir today, okay? All right, I'll get to the others a little bit later. All right. Hallelujah. We've tied his hands by speaking negative thoughts and talking more about what's wrong than what's right. Amen. More about what's not what's good. Amen about God's church, but other things. I see a, a fault here. I see them messing up here. He preached too long. He didn't preach long enough. They didn't sing the right song. and You know, this or that. The, the, everything can be out of adjustment. But you see, things don't have to line up. Everything doesn't have to be in order for God to move. I, listen, folks, I've been to places where I think every instrument on the platform was either out of tune or the person didn't know which keys to hit it was it, I, you know I, I'm cursed with with an 
ear to hear whether it's on key. I can tell, hey, as well as y'all do on the platform, I can tell somebody's going flat. Maybe not totally, I'll just flat, or so-and-so's flat. But I can't let that dominate me. I'm going to say, yeah, Brother Brown, he's going to take care of that. <laughs> you get to it, somebody's going to, you know. But see, we can let that just, that's all we see. It, it, nothing else anymore. Amen. But, but we have to learn to look past all of that. Listen, we got trouble, we got problems, we got situations, but guess what? I'm going to turn all of that over to God. I'm going to leave as much of that as I can in the altar, and I'm going to go about the business that God called us to do. That's reach out to people. That's help people. Help everybody. Bless everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. So I, I don't, I don't want to try to, I don't want to hinder God from doing what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Amen. But see, our minds can become so cluttered by the environment of our times that all we can see is deterioration. Okay, we can see division. We can see destruction. We can see failure and every other ugly thing, amen, that would hinder God's work. But don't forget, the whole purpose of these circumstances, we know that. We've preached about it. Amen. You see, God does his greatest work in the worst of times. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, see if, if you're waiting on the conditions to be favorable before you pray, if you're waiting for the right song or the right preacher, amen, you're missing a very important point that God has been trying to get across to us for centuries. Hallelujah. The conditions are very seldom right for revival. I love how the wise man said it in Ecclesiastes 11 and 4. Watch this, Ecclesiastes 11 and 4. He that observeth, he that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. You, the conditions are not right. I can't plant the crop today. I got to wait till everything gets right, you know. But, but look, I said it again. He that observes the wind shall not. You won't even get a crop planted if you keep watching that. But, but as a result of that, listen, you won't have a crop to reap. You've got to put the seed in the ground. You've got to testify to somebody. You've got to proclaim the glory and the goodness of God. Let me just tell you about our church. Let me just tell you what God just did for me. Let me just, that, that's, that's planting the seed. Hallelujah. You don't have to know all that. You don't have to have a degree, you know, in theology to, to witness to people. Amen. In fact, we get, we get way off and, Nobody ever been one to God in an argument. Nobody, all right? But you, you tell people, you know what? I don't know the answer to all those questions, but I do know this. When I, when I raised my hands, amen, and I made my way to that altar, I felt something I've never felt in my life. Drop the seed in there. You just planted a seed. That's how it works, folks. But some of us don't teach a Bible study because we think somebody's going to come up with a question that we don't have the answer to. Listen, people do that all the time for me. And I'm like, you know, I don't really know that. You know, I'm, I'm like, let's, let's get back. That's like, what about that, that flaming sword And when they cast those, you know, Adam and Eve out of the garden? What, what happened? We had one friend, that, that, here's his answer. When they said, well, what about that angel with that flaming sword that wouldn't let him back in there? He said, well, I think the flood put it out. Next question. I don't know and I don't care. Hallelujah. I do know that there's, a, there's some hungry people that live on my street. I know there's some lost folks. If we could ever drop them down in one of our services like we just had the worship and praise service just a while ago, they'd be like, whoa. 
That's what they need. They don't need to answer to some of those crazy questions. Who know? Who cares? Hallelujah. I don't know if Adam and Eve had a navel or not. Sister Melissa, she knows, she, but she says she does, so I'll just have to let her answer those questions. I don't know if he did or not. <laughs> Amen. He that observes, stop observing everything. Stop trying to figure out whether it can or God can. He can, don't worry. Hallelujah. Whether the piano's in tune or some, somebody said, somebody said, be flat. That's the song, that's the key. And somebody in the background said, it'll be flat. And it was. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost moved anyway. Hallelujah. Praise God. In verse 6 of this same 11th chapter of Ecclesiastes, here's what he said. In the morning, sow thy seed. He said nothing about what the weather was, whether the sun's shining, whether it's cloudy. Anything. He just said, in the morning, sow thy seed. And in the evening, withhold not thine hand. You'll get a crop. You'll have a harvest. If you learn how to get up in the morning and talk about Jesus. Amen. You squeeze it in anywhere you can. Text message some. Listen, technology has even made it easier than it was before. You don't even have to face people. Just text, hey, I've been thinking about you. Sure would like to see you in church. I hadn't seen you in church lately. You don't even know their response. You don't have, yep, but, but you did your, you dropped a seed. They said, somebody cares about me. And they may show up. We're preaching about vision here. Let me just tell us why the wise man instructed us not to pay much attention to the environment when it's time to plant a crop. The farmer must, hallelujah, he's got to sow the seed because if he doesn't, there's no, listen, that's his living. And, and I, I was raised in, in farm country and, you know, it, it, it gets serious. And I used to hoe cotton. You know, you, you, you thin it out, you cut the grass out of it, you do it all eight hours a day, and we got $3 for that. Eight hours a day, we made $3. And I remember when it went up to three fifty, and then there was a place, a farmer down the road, hey, man, he's paying $4 a day. <laughs> and sometimes they'd feed us lunch. you get 30 minutes to eat lunch. Hey, man, they'd give us a sandwich or something. You know, and we just, hold, and, and I remember, Every one of those rows, they had to check behind you and see if you got all the grass out of it. Amen. They would scold you. Hey, 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 boy, get back here. And you do that right there. Do it right. Amen. You know why? Because that was his living. This is what the writer's talking about. This is what we're called to do. This is how we're going to make it. This is how the church is going to grow. This is why people who would not ever come to church is going to come to church because of you, because you planted a seed. Amen. And that seed germinates and it begins to grow. Hallelujah. Amen. L listen, one has to train himself to look past and through and beyond a lot of things that are not right and not good. Just say that to you. Well, this ain't right and that ain't right. Well, the spirit's not right. and We, we got devils around. You know, well, whoopee-doo. They are liars. They have no authority in this place. Why? Because the name that's above every name is preached and prayed, amen, and spoken. And guess what? The enemy has no choice. No choice. Out you go. Out you go. Hallelujah. Some of us apostolics don't know that. I know I've know. I brought this up numerous times, maybe because God wants us to hear something. Maybe we didn't get it yet. When we have Jesus Christ living in us, he said, I am with you, his disciples, but I shall be in you. That's what the Holy Ghost is, folks. 
the hope of glory. All right? Amen. We've got God living in us. What, what can the enemy do? What can the devil do? We have power. We have authority. We need to start using it. Amen. Ooh, that's demons. Ooh, that's devils. Devil's always been around. Jesus got up to speak in the synagogue and took the book and he began to read it and someone yelled out in the back. A man stood up. Read it in the, in the Gospels. Yelled in the back, leave us alone. That's what the devil wants to do. That's what he wants us to do. Well, we're not paying him much attention. <laughs> we're leaving him alone. I'm not looking for devils. But when he shows up, we're going to use that name to get him out of here. Out you go. Out you go. Out you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So train yourself to look past things that are not good and not right. You, you get a congregation. Listen, when we get enough room and we start hauling bus kids in here, We've done it before. Some of y'all have been involved in that. Parents never took them to church. They know how to act in church. They know how to behave yourself in church. They do everything that's against the rule. But we do it for their salvation. You think you find a lot of things that won't be right. Break the rule. All right? But guess what? God can give revival. And we've got we've got bus kids that are preachers now. Because somebody cared enough to stop by and pick them up every Sunday. Amen. Took them to church. Amen. Introduced them to God and their love, hallelujah, praise God, praise God. So there's going to be negative spirits that always oppose and refute, always, you deal with that, but you just go ahead and have revival, amen. And we got to get all of our attention upon a God that never fails, praise God. Solomon has some poetic words to say about this glorious church. Listen, you know, I love to brag on the church. I love, to, I love to talk about, you know, it's, it's, it's seen some battles and it's, you know, it's got battle scars and, and the sails are tattered and they have songs about it. It's beautiful, but, but the old ship's moving on. Hallelujah. Song of Solomon, chapter 6 and verse 10, he spoke about the church. He said, who is she that looketh forth as the morning? It's poetic in it. I love that. Amen. Who is she? Referred her as a female, the mother of the, the, the mother is the church. The mother's going to take care of us. Mother's going to look after us. It's that tenderness, all right, that female part, it's tender, amen. But he said, who is she that looketh forth as the morning? Fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners. That word terrible, amen, could just be replaced with the word awesome, amen. Awesome as an army with banners. She's coming through, hallelujah. And I'm getting on board, praise God, this old ship of Zion. This vision is an image of the future, something forthcoming. What affects our vision? Just ask yourself that. What affects our our environment, what we read, what we see, what we hear, amen, the people that we associate with, the time we spend talking to the Lord. That will affect our vision, amen. All these things affect that, amen. Paul understood the influence of image, amen, when he said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. It's important, it's very important that we stand firm in the faith and hold to the spiritual vision. Amen. Our promises from God are true and we should fight to overcome the spirit of doubt and the spirit of division. Amen. Amen. I love to see people in operation when they do that. Amen. I, I bring this story up. Amen. Sister Gregory was just, a, it's a professional at it. Lady would get negative on somebody and Sister Gregory, as sweet as she is, amen, she would say, how's those grandkids? 
That'll deflect us every time, Brother John. Hey, I don't matter what I'm talking about. How's that grandbaby doing? I'm going, well, let me tell you about what she said yesterday. Let me tell you. And so one way, but see, these are people who know about unity and the value of it, the importance of us getting together. You know, that's, that's why politics don't get us anywhere. You think one thing and believe one thing, that's okay, all right? I'm okay if you're wrong about things like that. You can do that if you want. But, but we, don't do much, we don't do much good by talking about that, all right? Just the news media is making millions off of that division and separation. Did you hear me? I said the news people. I mean, they, they like a good juice. You know what I was just reading the other day about something? And, and they, they use a word. And they use a certain policy. He slammed so-and-so. You, can you imagine what they, they want to really remember that? He got slammed. They just said something. They disagreed with it. But see, we love that. Ooh, he got slammed. They, they like, he's like in a wrestling ring or somewhere, and somebody body slammed him. They just disagreed with him. It was over and over. They used to read it sometimes. Amen. But don't read it long. Hallelujah. Slammed him. And while we're goofy enough to tune into that and fill our heart and our spirit with a spirit of division. And guess what? No revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have time to get done with all this. I don't. Hallelujah. Let me just, let me help somebody out here. Let's stand together. We need some help. I'm going to at least start letting the landing gear down, all right? I see the runway from here. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be back, y'all. Amen. Thank you again for praying for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Some temptations. There's a temptation for Christians to take shortcuts. Amen. Sarah and Abram, remember, took a shortcut to have a child. God had promised them a son. And they got to thinking about that, Brother Corey. Sarah had her walker. Now Abraham was getting on up and he was like, hey, wait, well, no, that ain't, ain't going to happen. <laughs> this must be what God meant. No, no, no. God meant just what he said. But see, it's hard for us to carnal mind, remember? Amen. It's an enemy to God. It's enmity to God. It disagrees with things of God. And that's what was happening to them. So, so, so instead of just taking God's word at face value, they began to, well, you know, he must have meant this. So they took a shortcut. You know the story. Convinced Sarah to let him take the bond woman, amen, went in under her, amen, and that union created something that God never intended, never intended, amen. There's been a war ever since between the two nations that are the offspring of Sarah and Hagar. Israel and Islam fight. They fought. They fought and disagreed while they're still home with them. And then they split and it's just been a you just don't be overcome by the temptation to do a shortcut. We're going to help God. Listen, God don't need no help. He needs He needs people to believe and He'll do it. Hallelujah. I, I love when that angel came back that second time and said, Sarah, you laughed. I, just, I love the humor of God, the sense of humor that he has. He said, you laugh when, when I told you you're going to have a, a son. She said, no, I didn't. He said, yes, you did. <laughs> I love that. You, you can't back God down. No, I, did, I didn't laugh. Oh, yes, you did. Hallelujah. But it was just like God said. She did have a son, 
Amen. Abraham, see, the temptation to give up. I wonder how many people receive the Holy Ghost right in these altars. Right? We couldn't put them in here. But they got to thinking, it's just too tough. Just too, listen, I'm, a, I'm the first one to confess to you. If you want to see some flaws, you see some shortcomings, just hang around a while. We never, we never said we were perfect. Are we going to be perfected when God takes us out of this world? And we get that glorified body, Brother Ruck. Amen. Our body becomes glorified. Amen. We become like him. Hallelujah. That, that's when all, but, but, but until then, there will be a battle and there will be a struggle. And the best way to get started on fixing things for yourself is confess to somebody. You don't have to confess to me. I'm not a priest. Okay. Just confess to God. Confess to somebody. I need some help here. Amen. Amen. But don't give up. And, I, and, and my, my message of just show up, that's how you make it. He said, be not weary in well-doing because in due season, there's a time. Amen. You'll reap if you faint not. In other words, if you don't quit, that one translation uses that word. If you don't quit, you can make it. With, with all your baggage and all your temptations and all the temptations that you give in to and the whole deal. All right? Amen. Then there's the temptation to deny the origin of the dream. Maybe it wasn't me. Or maybe it was just me and it wasn't God in there. Okay? Maybe I, yeah, listen, they told me when I talked in tongues for the first time, they said, the enemy's going to come to you and he's going to tell you, you really look like a fool. You really showed yourself today. And really, that was just you getting all excited and you got carried away and that was your own doing. And so, but they had warned me. And guess what? It happened just like they said. I, I got kind of embarrassed. I said, boy, I shouted and talked in tongues and the focus was right on me and there's people smiling and laughing and weeping. And, you know, and I thought, boy, you, you really did it this time. And so I began to try to figure out, but that's what the enemy does. Amen. And it was real. It was true. God got a hold of my tongue and wouldn't let it go. Hallelujah. It is possible to, to, to just deny and say, maybe it was not God. Maybe it was just my imagination. But my word to you is simply this. Never give up. Don't give up. Get that vision, that dream. Hallelujah. Be like Abraham. The Bible said Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. But be strong in faith, giving glory to God. Romans 4.20. Amen. And number, number four, amen, I had these numbers and I'm just jumping in here. The temptation of pride. Some people will begin humble and dependent upon God, but they cannot handle the success and the blessings of the Lord. King Saul was very meek in the beginning. When the prophet came to anoint him king, the Bible said he was hiding among the stuff. They couldn't find him. He was ashamed. He was embarrassed. He, was, he didn't think very much of himself. But, 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 but you know, he, he just later on pride because he was the king and it was his downfall. Amen. Listen, here's one more. One more and I'm going to quit. Almost is not enough. Hallelujah. Almost. What God has promised, He will perform. Don't just settle for less. Temptation came to Joseph. He lost two coats. Two coats. You know the story. One to his brethren. They pulled his coat off of him and brought it bloody to his dad and said, A wild beast got it. Amen. Lost one to his brethren. He lost one to a seducing woman. Amen. Brother Tenney used to say, He lost his coat, but he didn't lose his shirt. Amen. Hallelujah for that. Kept his shirt on. Amen. Joseph 
Here's the thing with him. He knew who his real audience was. It was not the people. His audience was God. He was the one he was trying to please. Hallelujah. He even lost his name, but he kept his dream. That vision, he kept his dream. Amen. Don't lose your dream. The vision of of the hour is this. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's the prophecy. That was the dream. Amen. And that's what we have to keep. There will be a revival among backsliders. I feel I'm, I prophesy right now. There will be a revival among backsliders, quitters, people who didn't understand. Prodigal sons, prodigal sons and daughters will come home. This is revival. And this is why we, listen, this is not a selfish thing. Listen, sometimes we just live for God just for us. But listen, let's live for God for others. Uh, I'm, I'm hanging in here. Amen. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like preaching. I don't feel like doing anything but just sitting here. Amen. But I'm going to get up and go because there's people who are hungry. There's people who are in need. There's folks who are suffering through things right now. So I'm going to get up from here and I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. This is revival. Amen. The revelation of the one true God. Baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. It's going to reach the four corners of the map. Hallelujah. That's the dream. That's my vision. How do you do that? You just keep on preaching. Amen. You keep on praying. You do it with zeal. Amen. You do it with fervency. Amen. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn in our gut. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We just don't have, we don't just have the Holy Ghost, but, but the Holy Ghost has us. That's how it has to be. It's got a hold of me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. How are we going to reach a lost world? The key to a global impact Listen to me closely. The key to a, to a global impact is a local impact. That's where it starts. Amen. Listen, there's folks who want to go all over the country. Ooh, they have revival in Ethiopia. I got to go there. We know preachers that hop on planes, Brother Green. You do too. Amen. They pay tickets and they head out where the big revival. Ooh, I want to be a part of that. You know, and I, and I, I feel a little, little of that. We need to experience it. We did it in the Philippines and it just, just felt awesome about it. Why not have a revival right here? Same God, hallelujah, amen. And he promised us the same things that the Ethiopians and the Filipinos, hallelujah. Global impact, amen. The key to that is local impact, praise God. Bible studies, prayer meetings, home prayer, prayer walks, just plain old let me tell you what happened to me at church. Hallelujah, that'll do. Well, what happened? Hallelujah. Y'all know in the men's conference, my dentist, James Resch was right here. Amen. The preacher was preaching. Brother Tisdale, I mean, he can, I, mean, I could preach like that. I would never would shut up, y'all. I, the guy just got it. And then he said, everybody come up. He wants to. I saw Jim Resch, Dr. Jim Resch come up. Amen. Folks coming down praying. I didn't go down to pray for him. I just come down here and I put my arm around him. And I said, Jim, I'm so glad you came. Amen. Accepted my invitation. He was literally shaking. And guess what? He turned around and began to prophesy to me. He said, you're a good man. I mean, he did it like that. You're a good man. And God's not done here. God's going to do great things, bigger things. God's going to do much more here. And he was, he was literally, Brother Young, he was literally shaking. I, I recognize it. Sometimes they used to say, if some preachers and some people think it, 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 if, if, it, if the smoke don't come out of their stack, it's not smoke. <laughs> 
think they're the ones God, oh, God's got to, if he moves, he's going, no, 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 no. Listen, he'll move through you and move through you and you and you and you, and I'm okay with that. That's multiplication. You have the power. You have the authority. And so I just, he didn't know, but I just released some things on him. Oh, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I felt like that hook I got in that, that bass. And I, oh, I got it. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost had a hold of him. I'm okay with that. Praise God. Amen. That's how God works. That's why we need church. That's why we need good worship. That's why we need, that's that's why, brethren, we need to just keep having those Saturday night prayers, Saturday evening. That's why we need to keep Thursday night going. Amen. Some of y'all could show up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My vision is still there. I'm still dreaming. I'm still believing. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's put our hands together one more time. Hallelujah. Anybody want to join us up here? That's okay. Anybody want to join us? Amen. We're going to worship just a little while. Amen. Invite your neighbor. Come on down. Hallelujah. Amen. Join us at the altar. Glory to Jesus. Come collect on your promise. Come receive your blessing. Amen. Somebody hasn't been healed yet. Come on up. In Jesus' name. And there's somebody that's got faith. One little faith you got. Bring it on.
are standing on your promise. In the name of Jesus. Because we're believing you. and the signs will follow you. It will have an effect on folks. It's a dark age we live in. Amen. Divided world that we live in. But you can bring the light and you can bring a a fixer for that that division. You can bring folks together. Healing. Jesus' name. Amen. Just before we let you go, amen. Brother Brian, amen. This is the week. Hallelujah. here. Carolyn was here the last time we prayed for you. Amen. But yeah, you can step on that next step. I can, I can be. Yeah, we go. Oh, hey. We love this guy. We love his whole family. Amen. It's, it's a super tremendous blessing for us. We can always depend on Brian. Always depend on him. And we don't have to worry. Amen. And so God is just about to bless Brother Brian. And, and I believe the whole family. I believe the whole family. And uh, we've prayed about it. I know he's prayed about it. And so we want to pray one more time, though. He's going off to New Mexico. And he's flying out, but he's going to drive back. And he'll have a new wife with him when he gets back. So. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. is awesome. Hallelujah. How many of y'all leaving us? How many of y'all not going to be here? Just see your hand. You're going to be out of here. The Thompson family. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. That's all right. We'll forgive you. But this, it, I mean, this is like serious. The ox is in the ditch. So you can miss you can miss the house of God, the Sabbath. We need to do that. Amen. I want you to stretch forth your hand. Amen. Toward Brother Thompson. We just, we want all the, we want to practice what we're preaching. Amen. All the blessings, God, that you have. Amen. God, we just simply ask you, Lord, to again, Lord, just pour the blessings out upon Brother Brian Thompson. Amen. Touch Carolyn today. 
Amen. We ask you to bless the beautiful wedding. Jesus' name. Let it all go well. Let the traveling go well. Protect them. All of those who are driving and flying, protect them, Lord. Hallelujah. Bring them back, Lord. Bring them back safe in Jesus' name. They're a part of us, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the blessing. We thank you for the protection. Amen. Without you, Lord, we can do nothing. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thompson now. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, all you wives, listen, treat your husband. I mean, he don't deserve it, but treat him good today, all right? <laughs> Did I get right in there where y'all are? Yeah, he don't know. I know. Amen. Let's just, but, but do, treat him right and, and, and uh, take him someplace nice today, all right? Praise God. Subway. Subway. Subway's all right, but. Hallelujah. Hey, love every one of you. Glad to be here. Oh, yeah, and by the way, thank you for the gift, whatever it is. We don't deserve that. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands, be friendly. Dismiss in Jesus' name. Love you, man. I was about to forget, Chad. Help me. I told him I want to pray for mercy.